Welcome to another fun filled Friday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Old Chicago, along with Miss Keen McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow your truly on the Twitter X and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter, X and Keenan McGee on the IG. Make sure you download that Sports All Chicago app wherever you get your apps. You want to know why? Because we said so, that's why. And also, too, you can catch up on the other live shows that we have airing throughout the week. So you haven't to miss them, you can watch them and listen to them at your own leisure. Make sure you download that Sports All Chicago app today. Speaking of Sports All Chicago, please find us on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, please find Sports All Chicago on all social media platforms. And while you're at it, please subscribe to our podcast at War Media Podcast. That's W-A-R-R Media, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And while you're at it, please give War Media a follow on all social media platforms at W-A-R-R Media. Once again, that's at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are on the pod, Jagly Fun, and we have very definite opinions. If you have any definite opinions during our two-hour extravaganza, we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. You can always hit us up in the comment section at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But you decide to troll and or do something silly or stupid of getting Lakina full power to give you fools to be a lamp be a beat. <laughs> but before we, we begin, we must remind you, you can also catch Sports on Chicago now on Roku TV. That's right. So celebrate with the squad and get with the program. Sports on Chicago is now available on Roku TV. If you already have a Roku television, just tap on a sports folder and download that Sports on Chicago app. If you don't have a Roku television, but you have some handheld devices laying around, iPhone, iPad, iTouch, Maybe a Blackberry, those still exist. <laughs> but your personal PC or your Chromebook like I'm using right now, just head over to that Google Play Store and download that Roku TV app and access Sports Hill Chicago through that avenue. So no more excuses. Celebrate the squad and get with the program. Sports Hill Chicago is now available on Roku TV. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Live and on demand. Anytime, anywhere. And you know we will provide. <clears throat> We will try to provide for you today. Sorry for all the technical issues, folks. Uh, we're getting things going here. Uh, we're going to talk some Bears and some NFL. Then we'll have um, we'll talk uh, you know, Cubs, Sox, you know, Cubs, you know, Cubs, you know, itching closer in the NL Central and in the wild card. Also, too, the Sox are making some changes, or are they? Hmm. And I know Sid's got some lists, uh, especially some big college football news. We're going to have Week Zero coming up starting tonight, so we're going to definitely going to. You know, talk about that for you. Whole yeah, shout out to our guy, Vernon. Um, Vernon oh, yeah. Taylor. Welcome Taylor. back, Vernon. We see the comments. <laughs> we'll definitely get to them. We'll get to that. We'll get to that in a second, uh, Vernon. So, uh, yeah, so hang <laughs> tight. But yeah, so of course we got a lot to do, a lot to do. But let's you know, let's see right to it and talk some bears as the bears finish up training camp. Um, you know, they're going to be gearing up for their last uh, preseason game. And, you know, sorry, you know, tomorrow against Buffalo, there's going to be some, you know, it will be a good limits test because it looks like Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and the rest of that Buffalo offense will be, will play a little bit tomorrow. And I know Justin Fields and the rest of the game will be um, playing tomorrow as well. But injuries seems to be mounting up for the Bears. I know we know that Tevin Diggs is going to be out for a few weeks and we got some other injuries, some various guys. I know Cole Komet just came back. 
um, you know, just came back to practice yesterday. So, yes, it's, it's a little like there have been a lot of uh, close to the vest stuff when it comes to the Bears injury. So, I said, what do you think? I mean, I kind of feel like I'm not, I'm not saying that they should be able, like tell us everything. But at the same time, I don't want them to be like hockey where you're like, oh, this guy has a lower body injury or an upper body injury or whatever. So well, what do you think? For those on offense and defense, the ones who are healthy enough to play, you should play them because this is what it's all about because we know that the starters sat out last week. All of them sat out last week in their second preseason game in Indianapolis. But the ones who are healthy enough to play tomorrow, they should play tomorrow. And all starts up with that offense and Justin Fields uh, and the rest of his teammates because, as we said of the last couple of shows, this offense needs to get their timing and rhythm down because there's only so much that you could do in practice, but you need to start getting these reps in against other teams because that's what the season is about is to, uh, to, to improve the team, improve your win total. And all the way you do that is to get your timing, and your chemistry down against other players on other teams, obviously, because you can only do so much in a controlled environment. Uh, the only thing that, 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 Tells to test the time is to try out your your schemes against different opponents, and that's what this uh, tomorrow's game is all about for the Bears. Now, breaking the game down just a little bit, even though it's the preseason finale for this offense. Like I said, I want to see timing from Justin Fields with the wide receivers on defense. I want to see how can they contain Josh Allen in the pocket. Like you said, I think he's only going to play a series or two, even as a quarter. I want to see how this Bears defense, which has been magnificent so far in this preseason, I want to see how they contain him, a mobile quarterback like Allen in the pocket, and how they how they have the coverages with the likes of Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis on the outside. And number three, I would like to see Tyreek Stevenson, their second-round pick, a defensive back out of Miami. He had a rough game last week. Yes, he's a rookie, but I want to see how quickly he learns and how he bounces back. Those are the three things I'm watching for for tomorrow's preseason finale. Keep it short and sweet. I mean, you got guys like Eddie Jackson, who you know, we'll see if he plays tomorrow. Same thing with Jaquan Brisker. He's questionable. Oh, I know Tremaine Evans. I know he practiced, I think, a couple of days ago, but he's still a little bit questionable, too. Yannick Angudier, who they just brought up. I mean, we haven't seen him practice much, so I'm trying to figure, like, okay, what's the what's going on there? So, like, the injuries are starting to kind of concern me a little bit. I want to – See how this defense goes against you, know, like a Josh, you know, a Josh Allen or a Stephon, Ga- Stephon Diggs, and again, we probably may not, we may not see a lot of them. You know, they may not, you know, show a lot of stuff. So I'm not, I'm not going to make any like, you know, predictions as to, you know, whatever, however they perform. So for me, I think that's going to be the key for that defense. As far as the offensive concern, I would like to see, you know, Justin Fields high up, up against that because that Buffalo defense, I know they, they lost Edmonds, you know, of course, to the Bears and a few other guys, mm-hmm. but and Von Miller is still out, going to be out, I guess, for the first few weeks of the season. That's still a pretty solid defense. So um, I'm thinking mm-hmm. of how the, how uh, Fields is going to react, especially with the O-lines, you know, going back and forth and whatnot. So that's going to be the key here for me. And, and look, I know that the week three of the preseason, you're going to see probably going to see a lot more, you know, guys that are probably going to be fighting for a spot in camp mm-hmm. on the practice squad or even on the team. So I'm not going to be, like, too concerned, like, either way. So for me, this is just to see, okay, who's going to – who's, you know, that guy's going to be you know, on the back end of the, the rotation. That, that's going to be the, the the issue for me. Yeah, just like you said, these are for the last – like, I'm just rounding off a number. This, 
this is going to be the last chance that 10 guys will be vying for like two or three spots. I'm just giving a, a round off number, but this is the last chance for those guys are fighting for those few spots that are left both offensively and defensively. And one of those guys is Travis Gensel. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago, like in that preseason opener against the Tennessee Titans. He came out like a madman because he was ranked number three or number four on the depth chart as far as defensive linemen is concerned for pass rushes. He needed to prove that he wanted to be on this team. He had, I believe, nine and a half sacks a couple of years ago. He disappeared the last couple of years. But mm-hmm. and so far early in the preseason, he's shown up. I want to see him do that again. His football life could be on the line tomorrow. So, uh, like I said, there's also other guys that's fighting for jobs as well. Valus Jones Jr., he hasn't had a good preseason so far. And I know he was a high second-round pick last year. I know he has speed, but, my man, he got to catch the ball. got to feel the punt correctly. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, you got to work on those hands. So uh, I, I want to see what he does as well tomorrow if if and when head coach Matt Eva Blues gives him the opportunity to do so. We just see what happens with that. You listen to Second City Sports on Sports of Chicago. Lakita McGee, Cindy Brown with you as we uh, preview a little bit the last week of the, uh, the preseason. Also, too, with the, you know, uh, training camp going to be closed mm-hmm. up this weekend in a lot of places around the country. Injuries are, well, okay, I'll, I'll start with this because, you know, the 49ers have, Name Sandar, the number two guy. Trey Lance, you know, that's going to leave him out in the cold. Will, they, will the 49ers trade him? Will they keep him as insurance? What do you think they're going to do? I think the 49ers are in a good spot. Here's why I say that is because Brock Purdy is still working his way back from that mm-hmm. uh, from that injury from, from last year, okay? And let's just say something goes wrong with him. And the 49ers do not, I repeat, do not trade Trey Lance. They're in perfect position. Remember this around this time last year, Lakina? Trey Lance gets hurt. Jimmy Garoppolo, they didn't trade him. Uh, who stepped in? Jimmy Garoppolo. And then Garoppolo got hurt. Here comes Brock Purdy, your third-string mm-hmm. quarterback, of course. They took the playbook out of his hands and, and off the 49ers' win. So the 49ers are still in a, in, a, in a good position. On the flip side, we all know that quarterbacks tend to go down, even though we're nearing the end of training camp. If right. somebody goes down, assuming Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold both stay healthy, if another quarterback goes down from around the league, the 49ers are in the perfect position to trade Trey Lance because teams are desperate to get uh, top-notch quarterbacks. I'm not saying Trey Lance is a top-notch quarterback, but you can get a serviceable quarterback who's above average for a decent price should that situation they- come up. I think the thing for me with the 49ers is that you want I, you want to keep them. I know that that's not a – I know for whatever reason, the last few years, they thought, oh, well, you know, let, let's just only keep two QBs and just leave. Like, no, because mm-hmm. we saw what happened in the NFC Championship. I'm sure they will – I know Trey Lance was hurt, but I'm sure they would love to have had an extra QB there. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it happened. So if I were Kyle Shanahan and, and John Lynch, I would probably say, okay, look, if your Purdy has a setback, if you know Sam Darnold, we get to see we see the Sam Darnold we saw the last couple of years when he was with the Jets. <laughs> so, or mm-hmm. even when he was with uh, Carolina last year. So, I, I think I would keep him, you know, keep Lance just for insurance purposes, if nothing else, to see if, you, if, if something does happen. So, I think for me, I think that's going to be the key. So, we'll see. We'll see what they do. I think they're in a really good spot. So, you know, I think either way, I think they'll be able, they'll be able, they'll they'll probably be okay either way. Now, Jerry Judy for uh, the Broncos. The Broncos have had a pretty tough uh, camp. He's going to be out several weeks with at least with a hamstring. You know, he had to be carted off uh, yesterday. So uh, yeah, a pretty it's been a pretty tough uh, go for the Broncos. And I feel like uh, I know Sean Payne. I know what his comments. Uh, you know, we saw her we had last year, but it's going to be interesting to see what he does. But yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like in that realm of oh dear, like this could this could 
I'm not saying it's going to be bad for the Broncos, but I'm kind of wondering, like, okay, what, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a definite setback for the Broncos. Uh, Jerry Judy has had a couple of bad injuries over the last two out of the last three years. So, oh, we, we, wish, they, we wish that young man the best in a speedy recovery, wherever that injury is. But Russell Wilson was asked to change his diet and lose some weight. He's lost 15 pounds this offseason. And number two, he has to get to – get to used to working on a new system under a new head coach and Sean Payton. So that's going to take some time as that's going to take some time already. Now it's going to take even more time without one of his main targets. And it's going to be important for Denver to get off to a good start. Yes. Would you like to have all healthy bodies available? Yes. But we all know sometimes that's not going to happen. So I think Russell Wilson is still going to have a good year, but he's got to do it without one of his top, uh, top targets. I think Sean Payton will, uh, had this team much better because we all know we, we won't have to go through it again. Uh, that Broncos team was discombobulated all over the place last mm-hmm. year, including Russell Wilson. If you believe yeah. that story from Athletic from earlier this offseason, what he did or didn't do uh, with that team last year. So I, I think the Broncos are still in a good place. They're in a tough place right now, but I yeah. think still in a good place to have a good year. Uh, yeah, and I think they'll probably be okay. I don't know, like I, said, I don't know if they'll be ready to uh, vie for one of the AFC wild card spots, but I think they will be be a fit for some teams. They got a pretty solid defense. We know how the offense is. You know, they got KJ Hamlin, so I know he's been banged up too. So we'll see how he you know performs on this new offense. So yeah, we'll be interested to see what happens with that. Of course, some of the other news real quick. We're not gonna go through the games because of games really don't mean that much. But um, right. I, I mean, look, Cooper Cup. You know, says he'll be ready for Week One. Uh, Jamal Adams. He'll he's off the pup list and will ease, but he'll ease himself back. CJ Stroud. You know, he could be the the, the QB. I mean, but D'Amico Ryan's wants to keep a head coach wants to keep it close to the vest, so he'll probably start that last preseason game coming up and. Um, the Cardinals add a uh, veteran Josh Dobbs to their uh, their QB roster there. So of course we know uh, Kyler Murray is still going to be out for probably half the season with that you know from ACL surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was another uh, oh uh, oh and uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson you know, Robertson Yoga. Know, speaking of the, the Browns, they'll he'll be the number two QB behind uh, Mister uh, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I told you he has that Cordell Stewart type um, type talent. We saw what he did in, in the preseason. He was vying, like you said, for that number two spot. He secured it. So congratulations to him. I think that head coach of the Browns, Kevin Stefanski, is going to use him in more ways than one. Like I said, you use him in like in a Cordell Stewart type set for. I don't think Robertson can punt, but outside of special teams, uh, you could use it like a Debo Samuel type. Or you're using like in a wildcat type formation, so that young man's gonna be used in a lot of different ways in that offense. Now I know we run up against Elikina, but one more, a couple more notes. Uh, my mm-hmm. guy, I say, is Zim Simmons that yes. was drafted that linebacker at LSU. He was traded to the Giants, so I think that Giants linebacker core got a little bit better. Could that solidify them uh, a playoff spot for back to back years? We'll see coming up when we do our NFL picks in a couple of weeks. But uh, also too on the flip side for the for the Jets across the river. Aaron Rodgers is supposed to start in their preseason finale mm-hmm. finale tomorrow night. It was supposed to happen last week against Tampa Bay, but that didn't happen. But we'll see if if Aaron Rodgers plays in a preseason finale tomorrow night. And Baker Mayfield uh, is now your starter, which is not a shock. He's your starting QB mm-hmm. for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How long will they last? Is up to Baker. Yeah, that, that's good. Really going to be his performance. We're really going to see. Of course, we're going to yeah. see Kyle Trash probably sooner than later. So uh, we'll see what and happens. And they play the Bears, I believe, in week two. Yeah. So that, that's good. That's probably going to be a test for him. So yeah, we'll see what mm-hmm. happens there. So we're going to take a really quick break. We're going to talk, you know, go to the diamond and talk some baseball. 
Now the Cubs, so it's so close. They get an important win last night. Now the Sox are cleaning house, or maybe not. Well, I'm sure still have some thoughts on that. <laughs> and of course, the rest of baseball, a whole lot more. So we'll Diamond Talk coming up next. Akina McGee, Cindy Brown, second season sports on Sports of Chicago. A little baseball talk coming up right after this. my lane no not at all are you not paying attention are you texting i was just checking in with my mom i was telling her that i thought we'd be home by six it's okay there's enough time just pay attention i'm not even halfway through my text there's no way i'm not even going to look up my babies are in the car you have to pay attention it's supposed to be a quick text i'm so sorry Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DoDEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference. Welcome back to Second City Sports. It's a fun Friday, Friday fun edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, that's CK80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter. X and Kina. So again, the IG. We have less than 80 minutes left or so. Next, I start for guests. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments, 
You can go to Sports Old Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Old Chicago YouTube. Type in those questions and comments in the comment section. The best ones and the most thoughtful ones look in and we'll get them up on the screen for you. All right, so let's talk some baseball. And uh, well, we'll switch gears here to talk, you know, top of the south side first. Um, they lose to Oakland, you know, eight to five yesterday, uh, last night. Shocking. <laughs> but, you know, but I guess the big news is off the field as a one. Uh, both Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn have both were given the boot, but you think that maybe they're soft to cleaning house? Not so fast. Apparently, according to Bob Nightingale, that Chris gets will probably end up being, end up getting, uh, I guess, what Ken Williams' old job and, um, you know, Dalton, I think his name is Dalton Moore, uh, the GM for the Royals. They did go to a couple of World Series during his tenure. They did, you know, have guys like Aaron Hosmer, Salvador Perez, and you know, guys like that. So, would it be too big of a stretch? But I get I guess, you know, Mike Rizzo, that was a name that's being flown around. I know John Morris, more so Morrissey from Fox Sports, you know, their baseball, their baseball insiders. He said that Mike Rizzo, who's the Nets GM, you know, he is a Chicago guy, could perhaps maybe return home. But Bob Nightingale is reporting about an hour ago that he is staying put. And apparently, I guess they're going to give him a nice little race. So I'm thinking the whole, that whole talk was probably leverage, I guess. So, Sid, what do you think? I'll, you're the Sox fan out of the two of us, so I'll, I'll let you take the floor on this. Uh, as the, the great Wesley Snipes, a.k.a. Nino Brown, said in the movie New Jack City, and one of my personal favorite rappers of all time, Kumo D1, said, money talks BS whilst that's what happened with GM Mike Rizzo. That's why he's staying put with the Washington Nationals. Now back to the South Side. When I heard the news that Kenny Williams, right, this is why it, it was interesting right before, uh, an hour before Wednesday's, uh, sorry, Tuesday night's game against Seattle. Uh, but when I heard the news that both Kenny Williams and Rick Hunt got the X, first of all, I was shocked. And number two, this was really happening. As a fan, I was happy for about 24, 40 hours or two. We got the uh, Chris Getz news. Lakina, what did I tell you uh, on Tuesday uh, via text? I said, Usually the Sox don't make moves like this during the season. That's why the whole thing with LaRusso and his health and them moving him out last year was so, such a shock. But what did I tell you uh, the other night when that news came down with Williams and Hahn? Organizations don't do move, moves like this in season, especially late in the season like this, like this, unless they have a guy. And you said. Yes, I did. I said Chris Getz. And you looked at me mm -hmm. and you said, no. Those are your exact quote. That's remember what he told. What he? I was speaking as a fan. Yeah, he said, "No, I'm like, look, they wouldn't. You won't. You don't do this with about seven weeks left in the season unless you already got somebody waiting in the wings, and that's mm -hmm. exactly what the case is. Now, of course, they're going to do. I guess some reports they're going to do excessive search, but Bob Nightingale is usually at the forefront of this when it comes to Sox news. You know, he was the first mm -hmm. one to break the Tony La Russa being the manager again news a few years ago. He actually is going to be hired. Has been hired as a consultant. Hate that. You know, take that for what it's worth. But yeah, I mean, you know, look, I look, I'm, I'm lobbying for our buddy Jordan Lazowski. He's one of like the smartest baseball you know guys that we know. So I probably would say, you know, that it'll never happen. But you know, Jordan, love you. Uh, you know, you know, we, we'll try to get you back on at some point, probably during the off season. But it, it just seems like you know, you thought that maybe that they're going to clean house and maybe change will be abound. But in this case, that's not that's not true. So. I'm just, I'm just like, I, I have really have no words for this, but I'm not really shocked. I mean, you can you, we've heard all the stuff that come out that, you know, guys have kind of given up and, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And you saw what happened last night, even though uh, Luis Robert, I think he had like a couple of home runs in that game, I guess that first game against the A's, but it wasn't mm -hmm. enough. 
So I'm at that point where I'm kind of like, let's just end the season. Just, you know, let, let, let's just, you know, please. The end of the season can't come soon enough. But in this case here, I just feel like, okay, a lot will change, but not not really, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah, first of all, I... I'm, I'm shot. Uh, I was just, like I said in the beginning on Tuesday. I was shot by this news because usually the Sox do, don't do this, and uh, it looks like Ryan Surf had uh, had enough. You know, he's been meeting with people with his advisors over the last couple of weeks, and his and he finally has come to he came to his senses that the, those two needed to go. Though now those two needed to go uh, a long time ago, and our girl Christine Manica from KXRB. Uh, who joins us periodically, and she said they need to, to get the boot. I'm just paraphrasing. They need to uh, to get uh, get the boot as of last year, and we said it too, but it just wasn't going to happen. Oh, of course, it didn't. They waited a year too late, but it's an exciting time for a new beginning. Like I say, if Chris gets ends up the guy, we'll, we'll see what happens because if you don't do this, unless it's a full teardown, is coming, Lakina of some sorts. Now, I don't think that Luis Robert is going to get traded. I don't even know if Delacis is going to get traded, but we'll see what happens. But for those folks that are employed in the front office there on the, on the south side, uh, they don't notice right now, Lakina, because y'all, we know not just in our business, not just in sports, but in life, in our 95 jobs and in, in uh, all other industries. When new people come in, they want their own their own people and they have their own ideas. Mm-hmm. So, and so whoever is employed with the sites right now, their own hands and uh, hands and knees right now praying to keep a job. Yeah, and I think it's sort of one of those things where you're wondering, like, okay, how much, if, if Chris gets a date more, of course, if how much power are they mm-hmm. going to have if it doesn't end up being them, you know, and whatnot. So I'm a little concerned about that. I mean, will we see, like, a, a Robert or a, a, a C's, you know, getting traded? I mean, who who knows? But, you know, I think at mm-hmm. this point, I think, Look, if you're a Sox fan, you gotta be you gotta wonder like what the heck is going on here, and is it really going to be sort of the same old, same old? I know when uh, Moore was with has been with the Royals for I think about 15 years. I know that they mm-hmm. want they got the World Series one one. You know, of course they've got like you know various guys, you know, like you know Eric Hosmer and Salvador Perez. But you wonder like, well, we know that Ryan Sorf doesn't like to spend, so you're wondering, okay, is it's going to be are they going to open it? He's going to open the checkbook and whatnot. So I think for me. I don't want to spend too much time, much time on cop because they don't deserve it. But I kind of feel like I'm at the I'm at the point where I'm kind of like, okay, yeah, okay, you, you clean house. Even though the reports are true that Rick Hunt wanted to leave last year, actually wanted to leave multiple times earlier this year, but Ryan sort of told him no. So I don't mm-hmm. know what's going on if that if there is truth to that, but it's just like what the hell is going on over there on the south side? But I don't know who knows. Yeah, just to wrap up, it, it was a power struggle between Kenny Williams and Rick Hunt. And we saw that we talked about it a couple of weeks ago with that Jake Berger trade. Han didn't, didn't want to do it. Kenny Williams did it behind his back, and, and you saw what happened. Now, that report that you mentioned about Lakina, that was true. Rick Han wanted to quit after the Tony LaRusso hiring. We all saw that famous Zoom uh, com- press conference when they introduced LaRusso as the new manager a couple of years ago. He looked like someone had shot his dog. Excuse my um, interpretation, but. He looked lost, of course, when they hired Pedro Grafol during last offseason. He was happy, as you know what, because he, he thought he finally, quote, unquote, got his guy. But uh, it was a lot of dysfunction at the front office. We talk about the players. Yes, they're, they're held to a different standard, and they're the ones that uh, that they had to pay for it at the end of the day because it comes down to them performing and representing themselves in the organization, organization but on the off the field. But we all know that it starts at the top. 
and Williams and Han, we all thought they were going to have their jobs for life, but uh, Mr. Reinsdorf put an end to that. So we'll see what happens. It can only go up from here, right, Lakina? Hopefully, hopefully they can't outstrip screw this up in, in real quick. Uh, I don't want to be that pessimistic guy, but remember when day one that got the boot after the 1998 season for the Bears, and then Michael McCaskey made us all rest in peace, but he screwed up to the initial hiring of Dave McGinnis. Of course, he left him at O'Hare Airport crying because um, there was some stuff that wasn't put in his contract for him and his assistants at the last minute. Of course, that's how Dick Jordan ended up getting a job for the 1999 season. Hopefully that doesn't happen for the Southsiders because the White Sox fans deserve much better than that. We'll see. I mean, look, there's going to be a lot that's going to happen between now. It might be even more stuff kind of between now and when the offseason starts. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens with that. But now to some happier news, you know, on the north side. He's hit lefties as well as he's hit righties. My drive out towards left center field, sinking and falling for a hit. Nico around third, and he's in to score. Bellinger delivers with two outs, and he continues to and a pitch to Nico. Line drive, base hit, right field. Nico Horner, RBI single. In to score is Jan Chance to be a hero. Fly ball out towards right center field. Falling, falling, it falls for a hit. Racing home is Tuckman. On his heels is Swanson. And Dansby dives across. Happened a second. And here in the 10th, it's 5-3. The Cubs. And those highlights are from uh, the Marquee Network from last night. Of course, as you guys saw, Ian Haps go ahead. RBI helps the Cubs, you know, hold, you know pull away from uh, the Pirates of uh, five to four in 10 innings. And it was, it's, it's interesting because, you know, look, they were, you know, it was sort of back and forth. And we know that the Cubs have actually been pretty good against the Pirates this year. So I think for me, this was definitely something that, you know, that this, the Cubs really needed this win, I feel like. And, you know, they scored two in the 10th, you know, and, and whatnot. So, for me, I think this is a big win for them, and uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. So, uh, so what do you think about the you know they won two out of three in Detroit, so they got a little bit of a cushion there. So yeah, what mm-hmm. what do you think? Well, it's a pretty much an interesting performance last night from the office, as we said before. We'll say again if this Cubs pitching staff uh, gets support from the offense, if the offense scores between four and six runs a game, they should win the majority of their games. Now, Justin still pitched a. Uh, not a great game, but a good enough game last night. Three sixes, Lakini. You ready? Six in the third inning, six hits, and six strikeouts. Six innings, uh, even, I should say. Mm-hmm. With six strikeouts, giving up six hits. He didn't pitch bad, but as you said before, even though the Pirates are down, they're 14 games on the 500. They always play the Cubs tough for some reason, but the Cubs uh, dug down deep and got the uh, first of four wins, uh, four wins in that s- uh, series last night. I'm encouraged that Nico Horner is starting to hit now. Mm-hmm. Ian Happ is starting to come alive, as we said before. Both of them can bring it defensively, but uh, both those guys came through last night with big hits. Dansby Swatson, I know he was 0 for 4, but, you know, he's been swinging a hot bat lately. Uh, Seiya Suzuki starting to come more, even though he, he barely got one hit last night. Young Gomes, who's I think is the starting catcher now, he was 2 for 5 last night. So you started to see guys contributing offensively. Uh, the the no name guys that uh, no name guys that you typically not supposed to hear from, but those uh, the main guys like Cody Bellinger and Suzuki are leading the charge. But sometimes it's those uh, no, those no names that you don't hear from. They're starting to contribute as well. Let's not forget about Mike Topman as well. Mm-hmm. I know he didn't play last night, but uh, he, he came in. He did play as, last night. Excuse me. Yes, he went yeah, one for four. One for four. Check that. But uh, it's those guys that they need to. Uh, sometimes need to pick it up when your big stars are not having good games. 
And I think that's what you want if you're if you're the cuz. I mean, if you know Bella's Joey is for four last night, like you said, but you had guys like Ian Hab, guys like you know, guys like Tom McGill step up and yes, you know, still didn't have his best that's probably the worst, you know, worst pitching you know, performance he's had, I think, in the last like you know, two, three months. So, you know, he was actually due for do for a not so good performance, but they were able to pull it out, and that's what you want. Win three out of four against Pittsburgh. You know, you got a big series. You know, coming up next weekend. You know, you know against Milwaukee. We'll get to them in a second. Thanks for no, thanks for nothing, Minnesota, for the help. But uh, you know, back to this for a second. But yeah, I mean, I, I kind of feel like look, this is what you want. You want you know the guys kind of step up when they have off, you know, off games or whatever. So I'm glad they won. You know, I'm glad they pull it off. You know, just win two of the next three. Two of the last three in Pittsburgh, and kind of mm-hmm. try to maybe gain a game, and you know, you know, set up for that big series coming up against Milwaukee starting Monday. Yeah, the pitching match um, advantage for the Cubs uh, looks great for them for the rest of this series. Kyle Hendricks will go tonight, and of course, tomorrow's game will be on Fox. We'll give you the rest of the schedule in just a moment. Tomorrow's uh, matchup will, will feature uh, Javier Assad, who they moved from the bullpen to the starting rotation. He's filling in for Marcus Stroman. He's actually done a nice job. His last two, three outings have been amazing. So he hasn't uh, been the problem for the Cubs starting rotation. You know, like I said, he's filling in for Stroman. Then for su- Sunday's game, uh, you'll have, as my computer freezes up here, it's undecided for a moment. Will it be C. Wisniewski? Will it be somebody else? We'll see what happens. But at least Lakina, realistically, I think they could sweep it. But realistically, I think they'll take the two of the next three games. Yeah, I think that's what you want, especially. So you want us to get you want to be in a good position. So like I said, when you host Milwaukee coming up on Monday. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens with that. This is like a sports on Sports on Chicago, Lakina McGee, Cindy Brown, Wiki. Now speaking of Milwaukee, thanks for no help, Minnesota. Thank you. Thank you. you know, you're <laughs> Could have helped us out a little bit there, but no, you got look at y'all got you know they got two game uh, sweep up there, but now they do um, host uh, the Padres. But yeah, I mean Milwaukee. I mean, look, like I said, they remind me of a lot like the Cubs. I mean, they've got they got Bryce Terrain, you know, they got you know some good pitching, not great pitching, you know, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But you know, again, I'm, like I said, I told folks, I I told certain people, I said, look, you know, the Brewers are not gonna go away, are not gonna run away with that division. You know, we've seen. That happens. So, uh, yeah, and I and I think, look, they play the Padres. I know, I know they've um, won, you know, five in a row. They swept the Rangers. Thanks a lot for no help there either. Uh, Texas, we'll get to them in a second. But, yeah, I mean, this is why I said to folks, like, the Brewers weren't going to run away, and they haven't. So, hopefully, you know, when the Cubs face them on Monday, they'll be in, like, the tail end of the tailsman. So, maybe the Padres will help us out a little bit. Yeah, that's what I said about Milwaukee over the last couple of years. They're the initially version of the Chicago White Sox. The difference is, one, they don't have any big names in Atlanta like the White Sox do. And number two, uh, they're inconsistent offensively. Now, they do have the pitching in the bullpen, and I'm talking about the Brewers, Brewers, but at times their offense just goes into cold slumps. I know Christian Yelch has had a kind of resurgence and using air quotes here. For those of you listening on the replay on the podcast that warm me a podcast, but their offense just goes into a tailspin at times, and and their starting pitching only can do so much. So, like you mentioned, Milwaukee's not going to run away with this thing. Cincinnati, uh, they had a great week. We'll get to them in just a second. But uh, Milwaukee's offense is really going to be a be a, a doomsday for them if they don't get it together. So, like you said, the Cubs just take care of their business, and we'll see what, what Milwaukee does this weekend. Uh, it's going to be one hell of a series starting on Monday. You know, those two teams get down 
whether they're good or not. So I don't expect this series coming up on money to be any different. But if you're the coach, just take care of your business against Pittsburgh. Don't look ahead and the rest will, everything else will fall into place. I agree. And uh, speaking of Cincinnati, like I said, well, we'll get, you know, let's get to Cincinnati here. Of course, they sweep uh, the Angels and uh, they, you know, they lose, but they lose uh, their opener against Arizona yesterday. But they've been kind of, you know, sort of like, you know, falling back to earth a little bit. Um, we, 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 we talked about, you know, various guys, you know, Dela Cruz, um, you know, Joey Viles been placed on the, uh, on the aisle with the shoulder injury. So that might, especially with them coming up against the, the Cubs that could come back to bite them in the butt. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think for me, Cincy is another one of those teams where we'll see. I mean, look, they, they face Cincy starting, um, Friday, next Friday. So we'll mm-hmm. see what happens after that. But, uh, yes, but the bigger story here is what happened during that, uh, Angel series. Um, yeah, uh, Shohei Otani had to leave the game in uh, that that second game of that doubleheader, um, where they lost both of them, unfortunately. And of course, he has a UCL, uh, sort of he's gonna need Tommy John again. And you know, we're not gonna see him pitching more this year. And some people were saying that could this perhaps maybe affect his you know potential value once he goes to free agency. So, what do you think? How was injury? Like, I wish we had our buddy Chris Gilman, uh, here. I know he's a big Angels fan, I know he's not. I know he's a little bit bummed about this news. So, yeah, what do you think? What did we say last week, Lakino, on this show? Uh, we heard that uh, Otani was suffering from some arm issues. We said, mm-hmm. do not pitch him again this year because he's coming up on a big uh, free agency contract. Now, he's still going to get the bag, as the kids would say, B-A-G for those of you scoring at home. Otani's going to get the bag, but this is going to be his second Tommy John surgery in the last five years. Yeah. Now, uh, that's going to be huge if he stays with Anaheim, which I don't think he will. I think it's the Dodgers or the San Francisco Giants, in my opinion, a, a distant second. But we said not to pitch him this year because uh, his free agency period is, is, is going to be very important. And he brings a whole lot of uh, attention and a whole lot of dollars for him uh, for him to make all the field. Now, he's still going to get that. But if he's not pitching for any certain amount of time, that's going to affect it just a little bit. But as far as on the field is concerned, for the Anaheim Angels, is over. You know, their acquisitions haven't worked out, and Mike Trout has been placed back on the injured list. Again, yep. But yeah, let's be real. The Angels haven't played well, so I think this was smart for them to do. The Angels haven't played well. Mike Trout, uh, we'll just put you back on the shelf. We'll see you next year in 2024. That's what that was all about. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's unfortunate. Like you said, I mean, those – uh Unfortunately, like you said, you know those those actresses. I know Giolito. I think struggled again in his last start a couple of days ago. So unfortunately, you know that that's yeah, it hasn't worked out for uh, them so far. So yeah, I think if I were uh, the A, I would just shelve uh, Trout for the rest of the year. You don't want to risk you know getting him injured anymore. So we'll see what happens with that. Now on the flip side, so staying in the AL uh, West, uh, the Mariners they uh, win two out of three against the Sox. They uh, open against uh, the Royals tonight and. Uh, we look. We've talked about this, you know, Mariners team for the last couple of years. That we were, I've been raving about. It. I know Sis been raving about it as well. They've got a lot of great hitting. You know, Cal Raleigh. I think had well, like six RBIs in his second game against the White Sox. <laughs> so, including like two home runs. So uh, that's a you know pretty uh, interesting set there. Of course, we, we know about Julio Rodriguez and Josh Rojas and you know guys like that. And you know, they're only a game back in the AL West. So. And the schedule, if you've seen their schedule, it actually sets up pretty well. I mean, of course, they got this weekend series against the Royals coming up. I mean, you better – I don't want to say you should sweep, but you better win at least two out of three. You have Oakland coming up uh, on Monday. 
So you better mm-hmm. try to win two out of three there. So you could definitely make some inroads and perhaps maybe, you know, have make the Rangers a little bit nervous. And also, you make the Houston Astros nervous as well because Houston had a, a had a tough week. They split their four game series against the Boston Red Sox at home. Yeah. We all know also that Houston has had various uh, injuries to their key stars throughout the entire season. So this is a perfect time for Seattle to catch up. Like you say, it was bad in practice here in Chicago, including uh, the series finale on Wednesday, which they should have won that game, but. You know, Tim Anderson decided to do a heads up play. <laughs> yeah, I know. That was a, yeah, just a bad throw uh, there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but you know, yeah, I mean, you know, I know that it's been a kind of a, a tough, you know, again, they they won, I think, like eight of their last, like, a, like nine. So, you know, mm-hmm. they did lose that tough one. I know, hopefully, that's not going to be a loss that comes back to bites in the butt, especially in the division side. But they're still right. There's, they're only a game back. So it's set up for them to actually, you know, make some inroads, perhaps even take overtaking that division now going to texas i mean i know they lost the opener against minnesota oh now you want to win a game minnesota really okay whatever but <laughs> but uh yeah i know the injuries have mounted for uh for texas so uh we'll see i know they they struggled a lot lately of course you know they got of course they got swept by the brewers they got they they lose a, uh both games against the diamond bats so uh yeah they're not looking good so far and i know that their pitch has been a little bit off lately. I know their hitting's been okay, but it hasn't been great. So uh, not a good time for this kind of thing, especially when we're in the brink of a, uh, of a pennant race. Yeah, since we winded down the dog days of August, we're about to get into the month of September around this time next week. This is where you need, <clears throat> need your superstars and your veterans to step up because, as we said before, it's a long six-month season. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And it's time for those veteran guys for the Rangers to step up. They got the, the, the best manager possible to help them uh, uh, guide this group and Bruce Bochy. So mm-hmm. as we said, this was going to be a tough race. It'll probably be too close to call. It'll probably come down to the last week of the season. As we said before, watch out for the Astros, and they've been doing it offensively. And they, even though their starting pitcher has struggled via the performance and injuries, they're still right there. Uh, like I said, Seattle's coming, and they're doing it very quietly. So, uh, But for Texas, I think they'll still have enough to hang on. But they got to start now because you don't want to fall too far behind especially with the month of September uh, coming up here next week. Speaking of falling too far behind, uh, my Blue Jays did not have a, have a good series against Baltimore. Uh, they've won the first game. You thought that, okay, maybe they can perhaps maybe win two out of three, but unfortunately mm-hmm. they lose uh, the next two. They're they're like three and ten this year against Baltimore, and that's not good when you're trying to not only forget the wild card, now you're trying to make some inroads in the a, in AL East. So, but – Look, I mean, we know how great that Baltimore team is. You know, Anthony Santana, Cedric Mullins, they had a, a couple of big home runs. Um, He's made a big return uh, ever since he returned to that line. I'm yes. talking about Cedric Mullins, yep. Yep. So uh, yeah, he's definitely given them a little bit of a spark because they kind of they kind of fell off a little bit when he was out, but they you mm-hmm. know he came right back. You know, they hit a couple of home runs during that series against Toronto. So. We'll see. I mean, they're nine and a half back now, so maybe the division's probably no longer in reach, but they're still like right there in the thick of the wild cards. So. You know, they're, I think they're like at one and a half games back. But, yeah, they're, you know, I'm a little worried about Toronto. I think they might, you know, they, they're going to have to get it going here. But, yeah, we'll see what happens uh, there. I know we're up against it. So, let's go to the NL uh, real quick. Uh, the Dodgers, you know, they're again, they're starting to pull away in that division. They won, they won two out of three against uh, the Guardians in Cleveland. I know that's not an easy place to win at. Uh, they kind of hammered uh, them in those, that last game, and that, that rubber match nine to three. Mookie Betts, this is fifth, uh, fifth had his fifth hit. He had like like, like four RBIs and a home run uh, during that game. Uh, during that uh, during that game, and of course the series, he had a really good series. So he probably is making the case for the NL MVP. 
Yeah, him and Fred, Freddie Freeman both. Uh, they've been bringing it uh, all year long for for the Dodgers offensively. As we talked about, uh, Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly have been great additions uh, via the trade from the White Sox at the trade deadline. I, I, I was listening to, real quick. I was listening to some L.A. sports radio the last couple of days, and some of the fans are worried about them, quote, unquote, peaking too soon because I know most teams that do well in the playoffs, they peak at the right time the last couple of weeks of the regular season going into the playoffs. It wasn't the case for the Dodgers last year, even though they won 111 games. But – I don't buy into this foolishness of peaking at the right time. When everything is clicking, you just go. You can't pick and choose on when you want to win games. That's not how it works. So I don't buy that notion that, oh, you pick it too soon. And that, that just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I think, look, if you, if it's click, like you said, if it's clicking, it, 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 it clicks. I mean, I think, look, I know Butts has been playing, putting the ball very well. Freeman's hitting the ball very well. Both mm-hmm. guys are right there in the victory for the NL uh, MVP. So I think your pitch has mm-hmm. actually been pretty good. They actually were pretty solid. The pitching, of course, that's been sort of like the Achilles heel for the Dodgers, especially last year's playoffs. So I think, look, mm-hmm. if you can kind of get it going a little bit, so you can probably kind of keep it. As long as, you know, no one is, you know, everyone's on the same page and, you know, everybody's sort of, you know, doing their thing and peeking at the right time. I think this this whole thing about, oh, they're peeking too soon, I think it's a little bit silly to say. I know well, we saw what happened with Tampa. We they saw you know, how great they were and now, you know, Baltimore's in the AL East. So I know some people that's probably where a lot that's probably why some Dodgers fans are feeling that way. But I'm not too worried. I mean, I think the Dodgers look they got a lot of veteran guys on there. A lot of those even the newer guys have won World Series so they or have playoff experience so they know what to do. So I'm not too worried about the Dodgers once again. So yeah, it, it, I think it's kind of silly to say, oh, we're peeking too soon. It's yeah. just kind of silly, but I don't know. Yeah, just a couple of the quick notes um, before we break down the weekend schedule. The New York Yankees ended their losing streak the other day, but they went back to losing. They get losing two out of three at home to the Washington uh, Trashnals, as I'll call them Nationals. on this show, of the, the, uh, the Nationals. You, you brought up Tampa Bay. I know we haven't mentioned them yet, but they swept Colorado this week. So mm-hmm. it's, going, it's going to be between them and Baltimore for the AL East title. And as we mentioned with Boston, splitting that Houston this week. I don't see them win the AL, AL East. I'm talking about Boston. They're too far behind. They still have a small chance at the wild card. I wouldn't count them out just yet. And you know me, I don't like that team personally. Nothing personal, but it's just like they got so many teams to jump over. It's going to be tough, but they still find a way to hang around. I'm talking about the Red Sox. Yeah, I mean, they're only three and a half back at the, that last wild card spot. But I think, like you said, they got to jump over. The only place they have to jump over is Baltimore, but I, I don't. I don't buy that the Sox can kind of get into it. I just don't see it happening. But you know, I might be wrong, so we'll see. But I think you know they they you know they kind of gave themselves a little bit too big of a oh uh, dog themselves too big of a hole to kind of get up there. Now they you got to commend them for actually being within a striking distance. But I just don't see it happening. Of course, mm-hmm. they got a tough schedule coming up, so we'll get into that. And right now, um, Houston and Detroit uh, that should be uh, you know Detroit as they open that series. Uh, the Yankees and the Rays, you know, we'll see what happens with that series. Um, Washington and Miami. Uh, Miami didn't have a great uh, week this week. You know, they lose two out of three to San Diego. So that could be it you know, for them. That's what you may have to say bye-bye to their playoff chances. Colorado and Baltimore. St. Louis and Philadelphia. Before we talk about the Cubs and the Pirates uh, in Pittsburgh. And Cleveland and the Blue Jays. So uh, this should be this, this could probably end up being an elimination of playoff elimination game too series as well. <clears throat> yeah, finish off your weekend schedule for baseball. It looks like this: uh, the Angels will take on the New York Mets from New York City. 
of the Dodgers and the Red Sox will play the first of three uh, in Fenway Park, the remake, the rematch of the rematch of the 2018 World Series. Tonight's game will will air on Apple TV Plus. San Diego will visit Milwaukee to play the Brewers. Big series for both teams there. The Rangers and the Twins will resume their four-game series from the Twin Cities. Cincinnati will visit Arizona. Kansas City will visit Seattle. Lakina's Mariners better be on alert. Atlanta and San Francisco will be the other late game. And your Fox Saturday night TV schedule looks like this. Most of the country will get the Cardinals and the Phillies, while others will get the Rangers and the Twins. Of course, if you're living in Pittsburgh and Chicago, you get the Cubs and the Pirates. And just a note there, that first game of that Seattle, uh, Seattle as they host the Royals, the first game will be on Apple TV Plus at 9-10 tonight. So a special alert to all you guys in Seattle and Kansas City. Now the rest of the TV schedule for Sunday, you know, the last game of that Angels-Yankee uh, series will be streamed on Peacock. And, of course, the Sunday baseball game of the week will be Atlanta and San Francisco. San Francisco trying to stay with its recognition of the NL uh, wild card. Yes, and that's your baseball schedule for this weekend as we wrap up the month of August. All right. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two coming up as we'll talk you know, college football. Of course, you know, uh, Sid has an article. I can't wait to see what he has. Uh, you know, some states had to about the college football. Uh, see, as more uh, conference musical chairs happening. Oh, goody. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about some of uh, the matchups in week zero. And, of course, we got sports media news. Shannon Sharp, the long-awaited rumor, has officially been confirmed. And a whole lot more other sports media news and all this stuff, too. So, Lakina McGee, City Brown, busy hour two coming up at Second City Sports on Sports of Chicago. Some college football talk coming up right after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? 
I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Welcome back to those damn computers. <laughs> uh, welcome back to Second City Sports Hub Sports Sorry, you. I think I, we interrupted us uh, in this groove on over there. You can follow me, <laughs> Keenan McGee, on the Twitter, X at Keenan's coming in the IG. You can follow your Shirley Sydney Brown on the Twitter, X and the IG at SidK80. Once again, at SidK80, that's S I D K I D 80. That's S I D K I D 80. We have less than 50 minutes left or so in this extravaganza we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can please head over to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago YouTube. Type in those questions or comments in the comment section. McKenna will get them up on the screen for you. And just a daily reminder, you can also catch Sports Zone Chicago now available on Roku TV. All right, sis. So uh, let's talk week zero of college football. Of course, you know, but this is week zero. I think it would come up with about a dozen games that are be coming up. So I'm I'm looking forward to uh you know something. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But apparently, um, there might be some more uh, conference moves. I guess as you say, apparently, uh, there have been some various uh, reports that Sanford, Cal, and even SMU might be going to the ACC. I said might because there are some people that are not too keen. I know North Carolina uh, coach uh, Anson Dorman. I know he said you know soccer is mm-hmm. a soccer coach, you know, a veteran soccer coach. He's coached I think like twenty some years now. He said that you know he, they can die on uh, that those schools can die on a vine. Those are his words, not mine. So um, it's a little bit silly that you know this is even in a discussion. I know there have been like some other schools that are probably I don't I, th- I think NC State's another school that. You know, has are not uh, not too keen on this idea. So, uh, yeah, just kind of want to kind of bring that up and just say, oh, you know, it, it just it's sort of kind of silly. But no one's into this. I don't think anything's going to come. in. I know Stuart Mendel has been reporting this for the last couple of days for ESPN, but I just don't mm-hmm. see it happening. Um, yeah, a lot of ACC uh, presidents, some of the ACC schools don't want this to happen. So I uh, just want to kind of get your uh, thoughts on that. Sid. <laughs> we are witnessing the fastest death of the Pac-12 conference uh, 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 right before our eyes. Uh, uh, um, his, his name escapes me for a moment. The former uh, Pac-12 commissioner that uh, didn't see the Larry forest Scott. through the 
Larry Scott, thank you. Larry Scott didn't see the forest through the trees, and, they, and, that, and the rest of those people who are in charge now, they're paying for the sins that he did several years ago. But as far as those West Coast teams tr were trying to move to the ACC, how you could work out the, tra the travel logistics for not just football, but for basketball and for the other sports as well? We know that for other sports, it's, it's tough enough to get up the funds that it is, that they already have mm -hmm. to uh, fund these programs. I know most of the money in most of those big time schools come from football and basketball, and that's what covers it up for the, all the other sports to thrive on. But how are you going to get get the money up for the travel logistics, not just for the football and the basketball teams, but for uh, the other sports? And you got to figure out the time difference and uh, other logistics mm -hmm. that goes on as well. It's just a big mess. It wouldn't make any sense anyway. Yeah, I think it's just silly, of course. Like you said, I mean, you're staying for Cal. I mean, it's bad enough that. They're going even further than what USC and UCLA got to go through next year going to the Big Ten. So it's mm -hmm. just sort of like you know, crazy how all this is kind of like transpired. Of course, we know the money is the root of all of this. So it's just silly. Like I said, I'm not a big fan of this. I'm like, I'm a traditionalist when it comes to like college sports and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Now, as they say, look, you can't you know, say that, oh, you, you know, you're you not chasing money when you kind of are. So this is sort of silly yeah. that they're doing this. But I don't know. It's just it's kind of crazy. But <laughs> Uh, let's get into some like kids like the gridiron stuff because like I like I said this is making me angry. But uh, <laughs> let's preview some of the, uh, the the games you know coming up uh, tomorrow as Navy and Notre Dame. I think this is gonna be the I think it's like like I said I think this is probably the earliest they're gonna be playing playing each other. I think since Roger Staubach that was like about fifty years ago back in the sixties. They're playing they're playing in Dublin. That's probably another reason why they're doing it early because it's okay. still a little bit warm. Yeah, I think it's probably why they're doing it. You know, is you know it's in Dublin. It's gonna be a little bit warmer. I think it's gonna be what about like like in the, in the upper 70s tomorrow so it's gonna be you know nice and warm and i'm sure it's gonna be a you know a, a good contention of both uh irish fans here in ireland and maybe oh, yeah. navy fans too i'm sure it's gonna be a lot of you know people from naval bases gonna be there as well so it'll be interesting to see i know um marcus freeman was his second year there i know some people said that maybe notre dame could perhaps i don't know maybe they could perhaps maybe make a case for the college uh football playoff i don't i doubt that but <laughs> Again, you know, look, they've got look, they've got like a solid uh, foundation there. I know he's I know he's been recruiting uh, very well too. I know that talk about Notre Dame. I mean, it's going to be very interesting to see you know what 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 this is going to be. I know Navy's actually been they didn't have a good year last year, but they could end up being you know, pretty good this year. So it should it could be interesting. I think Notre Dame should be on upset alert, but it'll be to see how especially with the time difference and stuff like that. One, I think the time difference will not matter that much because you have about five or six months to prepare for that. I'm talking about both teams, so I don't think it's going to be too much of a difference. I'm sure they've been there. I think they've been there all week preparing for mm -hmm. this, so I they had time so, yeah. to get to uh, get used to it. For the Fighting Irish, like you mentioned, Marcus Freeman, this is going to be a big year for him And number two. Now, they were one of those teams that might have an outside shot of getting into that college football playoff last year, but they had a bad home loss to Marshall. And they struggled in the middle part of the season. They did kind of get it together at the end of the year, but you could you could blame that on you know not having enough talent, especially offensively. It's going to be a, a key for Marcus Freeman's uh, Fighting Irish to have those skilled players on offense. The defense has actually been solid, but uh, you know this more than I do, Lakina. Even today's game, you still need to score points, and that's something I want to see Notre Dame do. Yeah, they got Joel Alt, who is their veteran, a guy on that O line. He's a preseason All American, so I'm like, we'll see if you know. It could be interesting to kind of like you know, we'll see what Notre how Notre Dame looks, you know, through the season. So, 
like I think what we've been, we've talked about. I know it's going to be. It, this is going to be kind of like the thing where it's going to be a little bit to see how good this Notre Dame team is going to be this year. So I know <laughs> Sam Harmon. I know they just you know he just he just transferred. So it's going to be very interesting to see how he, he's going to look. So <laughs> you know having a veteran guy to kind of like you know sort of help out a little bit. He's a fifth. I think he's a sixth year senior, I believe. So. Yeah, this is going to be really going to be interesting the thing here, and then we'll see how Notre Dame looks. I, I mean, look, I'm, I'm kind of, I know our buddy Sean Davis is a, you know, a big yeah. fan, so I, I'm sure he's going to have a lot to say about this. You know, we'll see what happens. We'll try to get him back on the show at some point now. Caleb Williams will uh, start his uh, Heisman defense. You know, the preseason All America, of course, the Ray Heisman winner, as they host San Jose State. That's going to be at seven o'clock on the Pac-12 Network tomorrow night. Good luck finding the Pac-12 Network if you don't have cable. All right. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure it's stream. It'll be streaming somewhere, I'm sure. But yeah, I don't. You, know. <laughs> you sure about that? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, look, I don't have the Pat 12 Network. They they dropped it. Another Larry Scott special. So <laughs> it's kind of interesting. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, look, we'll see how we'll see how that defense looks because that was really like the big you know thing with USC last year was their defense. I think they gave up a lot of points. You saw what happened at the Pat 12 championship game against Utah. So mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm wondering like you know I, I'm no easy. I know you add a lot of muscle talking about uh. Um, you know, Caleb Williams. I know Cliff Kingsbury is there now working with him, so that could probably definitely help him in that for he probably he could probably be even better than he, you know, some people say he probably perhaps maybe win the second one, which would be the first time that's happened, I think, since Archie Griffin way back in the mid 70s. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens there. But like I said, it's good, it's really going to be their defense that's going to be the key for USC. Yeah, because we talked about it all last year, Lakina, about the Trojans' defense. It was an Achilles heel for them, but they survived it until Utah knocked them around in that Pac-12 title game, in which cost USC a chance to go to the college football playoff. We'll we'll see how much that Lincoln Riley has recruited this offseason to get some playmakers on that side of of the ball on offense. Like you said, they still should be fine. They may take a slight step back, but I think they should be good enough. I'm focusing on the Trojans defense this year and Dorian Singer and Mario Williams. I want to see what those yeah. guys do this year uh, for the Trojans as well. Yeah. I think that's going to really going to be the key in there. And I think they shouldn't really have to, they shouldn't have to, I know, I know San Jose State has been actually been pretty solid the last couple of years, but I think they are starting to rebuild. So, Again, we'll see. I think if they don't get caught looking ahead, I mean, they the, the schedule set up pretty well for them. Talk about SC. I mean, they they got Nevada next week. Then they got Stanford. They got Arizona State. They're actually going to be pretty solid this year. Arizona State. They play uh, Dion uh, Sanders and the you know the Buffaloes in the thirtieth. Then they got Notre Dame coming up on the uh, October fourteenth. Then they play Utah the week after that. And they got to go Washington. We'll talk about them in a second because a lot of people are thinking that Washington could probably make a, make a go at it. And plus, there are no more divisions in the Pac-12, so it's going to be the top <laughs> two teams. So, you know, no more Pac-12 North or Pac-12 South. So it's going to be the, the top two teams. And they play Oregon. They're going to, you know, you got Bo Nix back. You know, that's gonna, they're going to be a pretty solid uh, team this year as well. And they have UCLA, of course, the finish of the season. Of course, that's going to be a weird, you know, this could be the last time they're going to be facing each other in the <laughs> in the, uh, Big Ten. But, uh yeah, so, you know, I like their chance. So what do you think? I was going to ask you, I think you said, uh, no, you said, like, USC is going to have a great season. But I wanted to ask you, Lakina, my answer will be uh-huh. no, because uh-huh. uh, in the middle of the part of that schedule. But I'll ask you, do you think USC goes undefeated? Because I think that's the only realistic, uh, quote, unquote, guarantee shot they have of men making the college football playoff. They damn near did it last year, um, almost going undefeated until the Pac-12 mm-hmm. title game. But do you think they go undefeated this year? I say no. I think they'll be knocking at the door of the college football playoff. They'll probably get in. But first mm-hmm. of all, Caleb Wills cannot get hurt. And like I said, I think they, if they have more than one, one loss, it's going to be trouble. 
And I think that's going to be, it's going to be tough because like I said, the schedule set up. I know they have to go at Notre Dame this year. They go in October, so it shouldn't be too cold. They do mm -hmm. host Utah. So that should help them a little bit. They also host uh, Washington as well. They got to go at Oregon though in, no in mid November. So that could perhaps maybe be a, a, a caveat there as well. So I think they could go undefeated, but it's going to be, they got a couple of tough games. So uh, it's going to be. Do they play tough. Oregon State this year? No, they don't. They'll play Oregon State. They're lucky because Oregon State gave them a game on the road last year. They did. And uh, yeah, so yeah, I saw that game. And uh, yeah, it's going to be, yeah, they don't want to play Oregon State this year, but. It's going to be very interesting to see what what happens there. Now, of course, some of the other games that are uh, well be tomorrow. You got uh, Clark Lee who uh, signed another extension. He's doing great things down uh, down there in uh, at Vanderbilt. They host Hawaii. Then at six thirty on um, the SEC Network. They got San Diego State. That's been very solid too. Um, they're going to you know, they're going to they host Ohio University at at six o'clock also on FS1. And you got UMass and New Mexico State on ESPN at six. So, uh, some pretty solid games. You know, Jacksonville State and UTEP, you know, two uh, kind of up and coming FCS uh, programs. So, um, well, Jacksonville State is FCS, but yeah, I know UTEP. Mm -hmm. uh, they're in they're they're in the uh, I think they're they're in Conference USA. I know there's been so many conference moving. I know it's hard to kind of <laughs> keep track, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's hard to keep up. Yeah, it's hard. It is very hard. And of course, Florida International against uh, Louisiana Tech. That should be a fun one at 8 o'clock on CBS Sports Network. A couple of games I'm looking at here for Saturday, uh, tomorrow, tomorrow, Saturday, for those of you listening back on the replay on the podcast. Uh, Florida versus Utah. I think this is a rematch of last year's opening game. Remember, Lakina, we talked mm -hmm. about uh, Utah playing tough on the road at Florida. Uh, yep. they, they played with Florida last year and they lost it uh, in the last few seconds. Of course, you number 14, Utah will host Florida this year. That's at seven o'clock tomorrow, Saturday on ESPN. And at the same time on Fox, Nebraska versus Minnesota. I thought Minnesota was one of my teams last year to watch out for Lakina. Uh, they had a, a tough stretch from the middle to, to the end of the season, which they clearly stumbled on Nebraska. They still trying to uh, get back on track and find their identity. But for Nebraska and Minnesota, I, Minnesota is going to be the home team for this one. I think this is a, a this is a big game for both teams. So call me crazy. I think this is a bigger game for the Cornhuskers. Yeah, I mean the Cornhuskers. I know they they got a new uh, head coach, so I'm thinking mm -hmm. that the other committee to see how that's all kind of you know going to play out and going to shake out. So um, I'm wondering about that though. How Nebraska is going to look? I mean, an early uh, Big Ten uh, game there. So yeah, we'll see what. Uh, happens with that you're going a little further than I thought I mean we're, we're doing the we're doing like this you know this schedule for next, this week too I see so we're gonna be interesting yeah it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a log jam of games so yeah that's gonna be interesting oh there. that's on um, Thursday sorry sorry folks yeah, sorry, sorry. this is coming Thursday yeah we can talk about that I mean, I mean yeah. those the games are gonna be interesting like I said the Florida Utah game um you know, Florida, of course, you know, they struggled last year against Utah. We'll see how they look this year. The weather shouldn't be an issue. So we just see what happens with that. Now, of course, that Minnesota game, I mean, with all this has been, you know, coming out about PJ Flett that allegedly might have taken place, you know, we'll see how that much that affects them. But, uh, yeah, it could be interesting what, what happens there. But, yeah, that Nebraska-Minnesota game could be an early uh, Big Ten statement there. Um, U UAB in North Carolina and T in Tulsa and Pine Bluff. Also, you get uh, the Fighting Mike Burmas, as we call them here, the Missouri Tigers, as they uh, uh, face uh, South Dakota. Um, mm -hmm. A pretty solid team from SCS. Uh, that'll be on SEC Network. So, yeah, so some pretty good games coming up these next you know, few days. 
Yeah. So as we said before, we'll say it again. You're keep it here on Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. We're going to be our home for college football, both locally and nationally, from week zero all the way through the national championship game in January. Lakina and your Shirley will keep you up to date on all the latest happenings from the world of college football. Heisman Trophy candidates, which we'll get to in a sec. And we'll have your teams that are trending up, trending down, and all the big and we'll uh, give you the nuggets on all the big games coming up for that particular week. So you want to keep it here for all your college football news and nuggets right here on Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. And uh, we're going to try to get Sid to watch more college uh, football games this year. We'll see about that. <laughs> if you give me watch more than one game, one game a week, that'll be an accomplishment. We'll we'll see about that. <laughs> all right, though. Well, we'll we'll see. Well, we'll try. We'll we'll work on him. We'll work on him. I think you're Sean and I. We all made that admission there. So, uh, okay. Let's see. I can see it's sports on sports. So, Chicago, Kenny McGee, Cindy Brown, with you. Do you want to do your uh your your thing with uh college football? Or do you want, or do you, or do you oh yes, want, uh, Heisman candidates candidates. Or, okay. Let's yeah, yeah, this, yeah. That's what this list was about. Uh, the Heisman candidates. It comes to us. This article comes to us from our guys at Pro Football Focus. They had their top 10 candidates for the Heisman Trophy for this upcoming 2023 season. I'll start at number 10. A quarterback, Cade Klubnik from the Clemson Tigers. He was a true freshman last year. He wasn't a full-time starter, but he had a completion rate of 91.1% uh, of his uh, – he completed 91% of his passes last year. And Lakina, we talked about this before uh, – talked about this before with Clemson. They struggled the last couple of years. They weren't in the national championship picture. It looks like a few people are picking up to be one of those sneaky teams to get one of those four spots in there this year. Do you think that Dabble Sweeney will get his guys in there this year? Because they're going to be motivated yeah. now more than ever. Oh, yeah. Because they uh, have a solid quarterback in Clay Kubelik. Yeah, Kubelik was a very hard to recruit, so I don't think a lot of people thought that. A lot of people wanted him to play last year. Of course, you know, mm-hmm. DJ O'Wolier. Um, unfortunately, it didn't work out for him. You know, he transferred, so now it's you know, Quebec's team now. So I'm looking forward to see how he looks. I mean, you know, the schedule kind of you know sets up. You know, they play Florida State. They host Florida State this year on the 23rd of September. Uh, they are at Miami and they face Notre Dame on, in the first week of November. Of course, also North Carolina on November 18th. So the schedule actually sets up pretty well for them. I can see why there are some people that might. You know that, that might think that they may have a shot, perhaps maybe getting in and sticking in there. And I don't think a lot of people are going to be expecting too much from them this year. And I think after, especially after what happened last year, it was mm-hmm. sort of a dare I say a down year for Clemson. So they, they got like they got a lot of guys back, and they've got a lot of weapons there for Cuba uh, to throw to. So yeah, they could definitely have a shot, perhaps maybe making some errors. A problem. I don't want to say surprise some folks, but I think there might be people say, "Oh, there's a there's a thing at all." Yep. Continuing with the top 10 Heisman candidates of 2023, the list from Pro Football Focus, number nine. Uh, this name was shocking. Well, this name, the position on this list was shocking, but not the name. Wide receiver Marvin Harrison Jr. out of Ohio State. I thought he was going to come out last year, Lakina, but uh, he didn't. Me personally, if you're the Bears, you're watching him closely, especially if Chase Claypool doesn't work out. You got that extra first round pick from Carolina from the trade for DJ Moore. If you're the Bears, if Carolina stinks this year, you use that uh, first round pick to pick up Marvin Harrison Jr. out of Ohio State. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see who who we throw, who will be uh, have the lucky uh, be the lucky guy he you know, gets the you know throw the ball to. So yeah, so because he'll have a quarterback. Uh, yeah, so Ryan Day has a, uh, did a quarterback just yet. You know, we'll we'll talk about that perhaps maybe next week. But yeah, I really mm-hmm. think you know if he had not gotten injured last year, they probably could have gotten that out of that semifinal. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. but. 
yeah, but you know what? He's back. You know, he looks great. And look, we'll see what happens. I mean, he could definitely, uh, again, there's going to be a lot of emphasis on him this year. So he may not have the high numbers that he did last year. So just a little, uh, just a little caveat to any Buckeyes fans that they, he might have a shot. He, he could. He perhaps could go to New York City in December. But, you know, we'll have to wait and see. Number eight, quarterback Quint Ewers from Texas Longhorns. Yep. Yeah, I really like him, I think. Look, this guy's gotten better and better. He's a, I think he's a junior now. So, of course, you've got uh, Arch Manning, uh, Peyton and Eli's nephew, uh, waiting in the wing. So he mm-hmm. better, you know, be very good this year. So um, Texas, we'll see if Texas is back. We'll be back. We'll see. I mean, it'll kind of like the last time we'll see them in the Big 12 up front. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I think he'll definitely, he'll definitely have a shot to perhaps maybe a breakout year, but we'll see. At number seven, this quarterback could be the second-rated quarterback in the NFL draft coming up in 2024. I could be wrong, but as of right now, at number seven, quarterback Drake May of North Carolina. He is a guy that is a very, um, very seasoned. He's very, he's not afraid to kind of like you know sort of real you know, scope out guys. So yeah, he's seen he's seen every pretty much every defense you can kind of throw at him. I can see why some people want. Perhaps maybe he might be one of those guys that perhaps give. Give uh, Caleb Williams and, and maybe even Marvin Harrison Jr. a run for their money in that. So uh, if he can avoid getting hurt, that's gonna really going to be the key. If he can avoid getting hurt, I think that's gonna really going to be the main thing. But, yeah, you know, North Carolina is one of those teams where, you know, they're not a football school anymore, folks. They're, they're actually a, a, have a pretty solid uh, football program. So the schedule setup is a little – they have a little bit of real tough scheduling this year. Like I said, we talked about the uh, – the, the matchup with um with Clemson coming up in a couple of months, but again, it's really gonna be you know gonna how, how he throw he throws the ball to how they good they make him look and uh but they got a, a tough one coming off the back against uh, South Carolina that's gonna be a tough matchup for them so next weekend so uh, that's gonna right off the bat you know Minnesota's gonna be a little bit tough Pittsburgh's gonna be tough you know Syracuse and Miami as well so he's gonna be you know facing a lot of, you know, a lot of you know, solid defenses so uh, we'll see how he looks. And finishing up the first half of this list from Pro Football Focus, the top 10 candidates you should watch out for for the Heisman Trophy for this upcoming season. Quarterback Bo Nix of Oregon. He's now has his adopted brother, Troy Transfer, Tess Johnson, to throw to this year. Yeah, he does. Which is, I know they practice a lot. They grew up together. So that's, you know, that, that's really could perhaps maybe help him out a little bit. I know he's been, you know, he's coming up and down. I know that. You know, it didn't work out for him down in Auburn. He went to Oregon. He now has been, you know, playing pretty well. Like you say, he's got his adopted brother uh, there now to throw to. So that should help him out a little bit there. And uh, yeah, I think Oregon perhaps could be one of those teams that could definitely give USC, Washington, those teams a run. So yeah, I think if you're avoids making mistakes, we've seen good bonics and bad bonics the last couple of years. So yeah, if we can see more of the good bonics. I know that there there has been like I guess the old billboards up in Manhattan. I know uh, Oregon. We know they got the money over there in Oregon, so they can. You know, they've been doing the whole like Heisman campaign thing for him like the last like week. So we'll mm-hmm. see if, if it pays dividends. Yeah, Lakina, you want to do an audible here? Let's let's uh, break here sure. on Second yeah. City Sports. We'll come back and finish up the top uh, five list uh, of top 10 candidates to watch out for for the Heisman for this upcoming 2023 college football season. We'll also get into some sports media news. First Take is going through some changes as well. We have some other news and nuggets we want to share with you guys before we jump out of here for the weekend. As you're listening to the Friday edition of Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago, I'm Sid. That's Akina. Don't move a muscle. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. 
These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Hey, this is Dr. J, and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. <clears throat> Welcome back to Second City Sports on Fun Friday, Friday Fun Edition. You're, we're live in Live Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid, that's Lakina. You can follow your truly on the Twitter, X and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80, that's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You can follow my Kina McGee on the Twitter, X and Kina again, the IG. And just a daily reminder you can also catch Sports Zone Chicago now available on Roku TV. All right, Sid, let's finish up the top five Heisman candidates for the upcoming season. 
Yes, this comes courtesy of our good friends at Pro Football Focus. At number five, you mentioned the Washington Huskies. They have a star quarterback named Michael Penix. Mm-hmm. He'll have Master Bynes behind him with head coach Kalen DeBoer and offensive coordinator Ryan Grubb. Yeah, he had a great year last year, although he might be he might have to get back seat to his right receiver, one of his top receivers, Roma Dunsey. Uh he had a breakout uh, season last year. He led the Pac-12 in receiving yards. He also became the first player in the school's history to have four straight hundred yard receiving uh games. So, you know, we know Michael Pittick's jury, we know, you know, he's in a great job. I think he was one of the top, you know, passers if, you know, after Caleb Williams mm-hmm. last year. But he might have to share the spotlight a little bit with the Heisman stuff. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. If those two can kind of, you know, I'm talking about a Dunsey and a Pace to kind of keep it going for Washington, you know, it could, it could be some big things for Washington this year. I think, look, Washington's one of those teams where they took a little bit of a step back, you know, a couple of years prior, but they had a great season last year. And I, I think, look, they could definitely give a USC, Oregon, they could be right up there. So I really like that Washington team. They have a great defense, too. Number four running back Blake Corum of the Michigan Wolverines. Came back last year after suffering a torn ACL. Preseason All-American. He led the Big Ten in rushing last year before he got hurt. Um, we'll see. I mean, they're going to have four different coaches, I guess, for those first four games that uh, Jim Harbaugh is going to be out. But, yeah, he wants, look, he wants to perhaps maybe get a chance to win a national championship. That's one of the reasons why he came back and wanted to perhaps maybe win the Heisman. So, if he stays healthy, we know how, how great he is. So it's going to be scary how he looks after coming back from uh, ACL surgery. Number three, quarterback Jaden Daniels from the LSU Tigers. He posted a career-high 87.8 grade in his first season, helping the mm-hmm. LSU Tigers uh, go 10-4 and four after a, a troubling first month of the season. And he was the only quarterback in the country to have over 1,000 rushing yards, uh, 1,000 yards rushing, 1,079 rushing yards to be exact. With a 0.6 turnover-worthy play rate. Yeah, I mean, I really like his game. He can run, he can throw, and and look, I think Brian Kelly definitely struck gold there with uh, Daniels. And uh, look, we'll see what happens. I mean, look, you know, LSU kind of came out of nowhere after having that slow start for the first uh, month last year. So now they're no longer the they're going to be the hunted. So we'll see how he looks, and we'll see how the how LSU, LSU looks. Okay, the last two names on this list goes like this. Number two, quarterback Jordan Travis of the Florida State Seminoles. I've been hearing a little bit more talk about Florida State this year, not so much for the national championship, but we know that that program's been struggling for the last few years. Do you see them all any, in any way possible, quote-unquote, making a comeback this year? I know, I've seen a lot of people say that. They could be a sleeper for the playoff. I mean, I mean, I want to, you know, I want to see how that defense looks for us. I know we know about Jordan Travis. I mean, he's a he's a guy that had some really great was great in some spots, but wasn't good in other spots. I know he tends to throw those interceptions a lot, but he's got he's got a little bit more experience under his belt. He's a little more seasoned. Remember, he's a senior, so he, this could be his time to kind of you know break out. And uh, I mean, I, I kind of think that you know they may have a shot. Perhaps, like I said, it's really you know as he goes, so does Florida. And look, they got a very a uh, tough one. I know uh, LSU is going to want that revenge, uh, that, that revenge game from last year. They face each other in the opener <laughs> next weekend. So I know LSU is going to want their revenge. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how it looks. I mean, him and Dales, you know, facing each other, that, that should be a fun one. And, of course, number one, quarterback Caleb Williams from USC. Of course, uh, many draft experts will have Caleb Williams as their number one pick in the NFL draft coming up next year. Of course, you, you mentioned Lakina. He's trying to become the first college football player since uh, Archie Griffin back in the 70s to win back-to-back Heisman trophies. Of course, Griffin did it back in 74 and 75. For me personally, Lakina, as for Williams personally, just stay healthy 
and don't mess up your draft status. That's all this season is about for him. Yeah, and we covered it, you know, a few minutes ago with with Mr. Williams. I mean, like you said, just just avoid any serious injuries. You know, just do your thing and make sure your team wins. Make sure the defense, you know, we gotta make sure the defense does their job. You know, we'll see if uh, Lincoln Riley uh, recruits a good defense. I think he did. He did a couple of really uh, solid defenders. We'll talk more about that um, in a, probably next week. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, mm-hmm. just just do your look. It's hard to win back to back. I mean. We, it's hard to do. So, yeah, you know, maybe some guy goes out of nowhere, perhaps maybe because of sleep or like the, the five guys mentioned, you know, before with a break. So, yeah, I mean, I think if you're Caleb Woods, you want to try to focus, just focus. You'll take it one week at a time. You're not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to worry about, you're not going to be able to worry about what, what people say about you, you know, on the, you know, on the television side or whatever, mm-hmm. podcast or what have you. So, yeah, just do your thing, you know, improve yourself, you know. Work out. You got Cliff Kingsbury working with you now, so you should that should definitely help you a lot. So uh, mm-hmm. we'll see how he does. Yeah, I think my top two candidates for the Heisman Trophy, of course, is Williams from USC and from Ohio State, Marvin, Marvin Harrison, Harrison Jr. Jr. Hopefully, he stays healthy this year. Like you said, that quarterback situation for the Buckeyes it better get straightened out and straightened out quick. But I think my two dark horse candidates from this list would be uh, Kubnick from Clemson That's and good. Derek May from. From North Carolina. North Carolina. Yeah, I mean, look, Kubik, I think, could be a sleeper. I think he's only Drake May, I should say. Yeah, yeah, Drake May, yeah. I mean, he could be – he won't really be a sleeper. I'm talking about me, but I think Kubik could definitely be a sleeper, too. He's only 19. We saw how he looked last year. He saw some great flash, especially once he got the starting job. Now that the starting job is his, he's mm-hmm. going to have guys around him. That Clemson team is very young, so they could probably maybe – dare I say surprise some folks, but we'll see. Yeah, let's say Kubik has a big year. Obviously, uh, if – if Clemson should sneak into the uh, college football player, Kubelin is going to have to have a big year. And that's the case. That's definitely going to uh, bump some vote up some votes for him. Should be a lot of fun. Like I said, we'll, we'll be your, we'll, one of your homes for college football here on uh, Sports of Chicago. We'll talk to you college. We'll talk about Heisman stuff, you know, all that and all the you know, top games. We'll even have some people to come on. We'll have somebody big coming on on Monday to start off the show. We're off the bat at, you know, at 12 15. So, we won't tell you who it is. So I'll just got to tune in, but stay you know, tuned. Oh, yeah. as a Rick Hahn would say, tune in. <laughs> yes, tune in. Yes, exactly. So this is Second City Sports. Uh, Sports of Chicago, Lakita McGee, Sydney Brown uh, with you. Now, uh, Sid, we're going to switch gears here and talk some uh, sports media news. And uh, a long way to rumor we would talk about for like the last month, it feels like, you know, even more, even longer than that. But uh, it looks like it's, it's all but official. It's all official now, I should say. Yes, Shannon Sharp will head over to ESPN to – uh, join first take. He's going to hang out with Stephen A. Smith uh, during the football season. He's going to be on there for at least I think two or three uh, two or three days out of the week there. Mm-hmm. And he's going to talk football with him. He's filling the place for Michael Irvin, which it looks like he's going to go to underspin on FS1. That new cast will debut on Monday. I'll give you my uh, Cisco and EB review on that episode, That's but that's coming up on our next show on Monday. But uh, as far as Shannon Sharp is concerned, him and Stephen A is going to do some good things. Remember, a long time ago, Shannon Sharp filled in with Stephen A for Stephen mm-hmm. A on, on first take when that show first started many years ago when he was doing some work with CBS. And I think he did a couple of shows with Stephen A as well when Skip was up, when Skip was still at yep. ESPN. So I think that this is going to be a, a great dynamic. Uh, I, I know that first take still has some good reigns for what, for what I uh, read, what, what I have read, I should say. But I, I think this is going to be fine. They, I think really, I think this is this saves their show until basketball season. <laughs> Probably, I think that's going to be the key here. Like I said, I like I said, I, I don't know. Look, I don't watch first take anyway, so I'm like, I really mm-hmm. don't like care. I but, just got to catch the clips on YouTube, like you do. 
Yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of like, okay, okay. I mean, look, you know, the, you know we know Shannon Sharp brings something different and you know, mm-hmm. different taste. We know he's not, not afraid to, you know, you know, suppress his opinions. We know he's pretty smart. So I'm, I'm like, okay, it's just another element. All right. I mean, look, mm-hmm. I know he and Dan Orlowski, uh, Ryan Clark, and the rest of that group, I'm sure they're going to be fine, you know, in that front. So, uh, okay, whatever. But, you know, it, it, it's like I said, I mean, this has been a long the way to rumor. I mean, we now see it's official, so we'll, we'll see. Yeah, should be interesting. And speaking of Shannon Sharp, it was announced yesterday, I think the other day or yesterday officially, that uh, his show Shay, Club Shay Shay will be part of the Colin Carhart uh, podcast network, The Volume. Yeah, uh, yeah, oh yeah, I like, uh, yeah, I mean, I like the idea. I think he'll be able to be a little bit more freer as if he was mm-hmm. side with ESPN, you know, and that front. So I'm sure he'll be able to swear. I don't think he swears a lot, you know, during the podcast, but. No. You know, I'm, I'm glad that he'll be able to kind of, you know, keep it. I'm not, like I said, I'm not a big coward fan, but that's probably the better spot for him, I think, for his podcast. Talking about Shannon Sharp. Yes. Uh, so congratulations to Shannon Sharp. Uh, some more sports media news. I was just reading the headlines. Looking, I don't know if you saw this, but even though uh, NFL Sunday ticket, uh, their new home is, is right here on YouTube starting in a couple of weeks. Uh-huh. Uh, Direct TV is giving customers free NFL Sunday ticket despite no longer having those rights. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Please make that make sense for me. <laughs> if you well, can. Look, they, they want, look, they want to look. They want to have the you know the bases covered in case you know something weird happens. Look, we look. We talked about it for the last couple of months. We saw what happened during the NBA playoffs with YouTube TV. I mm. mean, they want to make sure their bases are covered. I guess they want to look. You know, we'll we'll give you guys you know so they take it for free for you know this season. So uh, yeah, I mean, sure, why not? <laughs> if you're the NFL, like okay. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> uh, sticking with ESPN, I'm just reading the headlines here. I don't know if you saw this, but ESPN could charge up to $35 per month mm-hmm. for their direct-to-consumer service. That's one of the pitfalls of doing the direct-to-consumer service. I mean, you're going to be paying for – I mean, I wonder what that entails. Will it be all the ESPN channels, including ESPN Plus, or will it be, like, you know, certain channels? I mean, I, I kind of want to see how that works before, like, you know, just vibe, you know, folks paying $30 a month. I kind of need to see a little bit more of that, but yeah. Yeah, we know that the corp cutting has been a thing over the last decade or so. Mostly is because of the way ESPN has changed, you know, being more political and other stuff behind the scenes we won't get into. But, you know, we'll see if they get, they execute this service. And like you said, what's, what comes along with this service? That's also key as well. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. And like I said, welcome to a new age of how we view our television shows, in particular sports. Going back to Fox, Lakina. Uh-huh. Going back to Fox, Lakina. Uh, Julian Elman, uh, the former NFL wide receiver of the New England Patriots, uh, a multiple um, Super Bowl champion, he's going to replace Sean Payton on the NFL on Fox pregame show. The pre pregame show uh, before the big guys come on at eleven o'clock, he's going to join the cast of the Fox NFL kickoff, which is of course hosted by Carissa Thompson. You know, Julian Elman will join the likes of Colin Cowherd. Charles Woodson and Michael Vick. Yeah, I, I actually like this I show personally. And Peter Schrager as well. Yeah, I mean, look, it's good. Like I said, I mean, it's sort of it's kind of like the appetizer for the main Fox NFL Sunday. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is gonna. I know. Look, we we've seen him. He's done TV for the last couple of years locally for the Patriots. I know he has has a podcast as well. So we know he's got a great personality and very mm-hmm. smart. So I don't. I think he'll fit in just fine with that group. I mean, you know, we're interested to see how. 
but like I said, with the main Fox NFL Sunday, I know it's going to be their 30th year, you know, doing uh, NFL coverage, but you wonder, will guys like Terry Bradshaw, Howie Long, you know, I'll even say Jimmy Johnson, like how long those guys mm-hmm. want to do it. So if you got guys like Edelman and Vic and Michael Vick and Charles Woodson kind of waiting in the wings, I mean, you know, it's, like I said, it's going to be interesting, but uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm sure Edelman will do just fine on that show. Yeah, this news came out in June, but we just want to uh, get this as a reminder to you, viewers, uh, viewing NFL content outside of Sunday. Of course, Inside the NFL was on HBO for many years and then switched to Showtime. And of course, the last couple of years, it was on uh, Paramount Plus before it got the boot. Now it has a new home, the CW. CW so yep. it's going to premiere on Tuesday, September 5th at 7 o'clock p.m., I believe, Chicago time. And of course, the show is hosted by James Brown. Was I think Michael Irvin still part of that cast as well? Brandon Marshall and quarter, former quarterback Phil Simms. So uh, inside the NFL will be on your local CW affiliate. I think the CW has an app as well. So if you don't have a CW affiliate in your town, you can stream it on that app as well. So this is the first time in history that the NFL inside the NFL will be on exclusively on broadcast television. And it's been it's on WCIU for all you uh, Chicago uh, folks here in Chicago. It's on mm-hmm. WCIU. The CW is so. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, we know the CW, they're going to, you know, bring in more sports content. They're, you know, totally changing the trajectory of their programming. So, again, you know, having – for folks that probably couldn't watch the last couple of years on Paramount Plus, I think this is a nice way to do it. You know, bring on the CW and, uh, you know, the next star stuff. We'll see We'll see if they figure that out on the direct TV side. But, you know, I think <laughs> it's sort of a nice – a nice sort of like a nice sort of like extra place for it. I think it's – I think it should be okay. I think with, especially for what the CW wants to try and do now. But, you know. Yeah. Uh, Lakina, a couple of big news to pass along to one of them is a good friend of the show. Of course, we know that Diamond Sports and Bally, who owns Bally Sports, has gone through a tough time. We just want to send our congratulations and and big heads up to uh, Brad Evans and, of course, our sports auntie, hashtag the sports auntie, Maggie Hendrys. Unfortunately, uh, they were let go by Bally Sports. Uh, yesterday, but both those uh, respectable uh, respectable personalities uh, have done great work in the past, and uh, they should stay in the sports industry and do great work. And so, I, I don't think it'll be too long for both of those uh, both of those folks will find great work. We'll find yeah, and, uh, work. Well, yeah, and plus, and plus, also too, Maggie is still going to be uh, covering, uh, uh, you know, I think both college basketball and uh, mm-hmm. WNBA um, for the athletics. So you know, she'll you'll still see her doing that. I'm sure. I'm sure if I her and Brad Bovano, they're both great at what they do. So I'm not worried about them. I'm sure they'll find other places to go. So I'm not too worried about that. I mean, but again, you know, the problem, the problems at Bally Sports. I mean, we were talking about for the last couple of months. You know, that's going through a lot of changes. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, our, our buddy Maggie got a. Uh, but I'm sure the sports is going to be just fine. I think. Yeah. Uh, see, there was some there was some other news here. Um, for Amazon, the the Travis Kelsey, the Kelsey uh, brothers uh, documentary, uh, Jason Kelsey documentary trailer shows family focused retirement in retirement discussion as well. As we mentioned, both the Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey, both brothers, they play in the NFL. Of course, uh, both those teams faced off against each other in last year's Super Bowl. I'm talking about Philadelphia, Kansas City, like. Like we talked about before, both of them, they have a great podcast. But Yes, they do. It's uh, hilarious. But Jason Kelsey is going to have a documentary debuting soon on Amazon Prime. It's going to focus more on his off-the-field uh, persona in his life, not just his uh, football life. 
Yeah, I mean, and look, we you know, we there have been you know he had some debate you know whether or not he was going to retire. I'm sure they're going to talk about that. He just had another daughter, so I'm sure they'll that'll mm-hmm. be covered as well. So yeah, I think you're going to be seeing a little bit more like on the human side, not a lot of football. But look, we know that look, yeah, both Kelsey brothers have great personalities, so I don't think they've got a great podcast. I'm sure we're probably going to see one or both those brothers on television at some point when they retire. So. You know, this should be a fun one. I might check it out. I might sneak into my uh, my sister's Amazon uh, thing to, to, to check it out. But, uh, <laughs> you, know, that, you know, keep that secret. Yeah, but yeah, I think it should be fun. I mean, I, I might check it out. Yeah, don't put her password out in these streets because uh, to me, people, especially gets right. in the wrong hands, will get your sister's password. I, I guarantee she won't appreciate She will not appreciate it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, no, no. I got her covered on the other streaming service that I have. So, uh, oh, yeah, good, she, good, she, good. She, she good. won't be too about it. But uh, yeah, going back to Fox for a second, of course, they released their uh, broadcast teams for uh, this season. Of course, you know, no Tom Brady, not till next year. But uh, mm-hmm. of course, you'll still see you got Kevin Burkhart, Greg Olson, uh, Aaron Andrews, and Tom Rinaldi. Those you're going to see, if you're a Bears fan, you're going to see that crew too, the first yes. three games this year. Yes, you will. On the pack, the Bears, Packers, uh, Packers, Bears, game, I should say it. And uh, I think that the, the, the week three game, um, you know, Bears, Chiefs. Yeah, the answer Chiefs. So yeah, they're going to see a lot of uh, those four you know, coming up. But uh, of course, the number two team got uh, Joe Davis, uh, Daryl Moose Johnson, uh, Pam Oliver. Moose Johnson should be in the Hall of Fame, but I digress. Um, Adam Amin and the Mark Mark Saint Clair and uh, Christina Pink. Also, Kenny Albert, John Vanville, and, and Shannon Spake. Uh, I really Pink. like that crew. You might yeah, see a really few do a few Bears games this, this year. Yeah, I hope so. I hope they do too. Um, you know, Kevin Cooler, Mario Sanchez, and uh, Laura Oakman, who I think she's from Muskogee. I think Laura is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Chris Myers, Robert Smith, and uh, Jennifer Hale, who of course does great work uh, covering the Pelicans. Uh, they saw that reporter there. Uh, those are your uh, uh, top five main uh, broadcast teams. So really, no, none, no, no real chance that uh, Jen Hale is going to be uh, doing it you know, more on a, a full season. She usually does like. You know, maybe a maybe a handful of games. Now she's gonna be doing a full season. She's gonna she's mm-hmm. gonna have a busy uh, fall going into the uh, winter coming up. With I'm sure she's gonna she's gonna do some stuff with the Pelicans. But uh, yeah, so yeah, no no really big changes on the their on that side for Fox and their broadcast crews. And plus, she's still hosting. I believe she'll still host the Undisputed, which as I said, they'll make their uh, season debut on Monday. Yeah. Yep. So uh, yeah. So she's gonna have a very she's gonna be a very busy bee. Uh, this year, so yeah, so no real, no real big changes. So yeah, I mean, it's pretty much status quo there. I'm sure you're gonna be seeing like various guys from the college uh, side. You're covering some of the games because in case CBS, I mean, uh, Fox has a double header. So yeah, you mm-hmm. might be seeing a lot of that, but no, no real big changes for uh, the Fox uh, broadcast crews. Going back to ESPN, we didn't talk about this the other day, Lakina, but the doing uh, first fake, as I call it, or first take. <laughs> Stephen A. Smith made the comment that Lonzo Ball, oh. the point, the injured point guard for the Chicago Bulls, couldn't stand. <sighs> of course, Lonzo Ball unfortunately will not play this year for the upcoming 23-24 season for Chicago. Uh, Stephen A. Smith made the comment that Lonzo Ball couldn't even stand, let alone run. I was like, no crap, fool. And then, of course, Lonzo Ball, this prompted him to make a special video on posted on his social media page and said, check this out, Stephen A. I can stand on my own. I can stand and I can walk. I'll let yeah. you know about the other, I'll just paraphrase, like, I'll let you know about the other stuff later. Here you go. <laughs> yeah, and of course, you know, fortunately, I guess I think he said that he's not going to play this year. I'm talking about ball, so, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I mean, I know I know the Bulls actually were able to kind of comp, you know, recoup that $10 million, so that could help them a little bit, perhaps maybe get somebody down the line, but yeah. I mean, I, I don't, this has not been a good week for Stephen A. Smith. I mean, 
didn't it? I know he said that uh, the uh, Bills wide receiver Stephon Diggs wasn't happy there. He wants out of there. Of course, so Diggs had to come out and say, "Hey, that's not true. That's BS." Like, "Hey, you know, if you look, if you have something to say about me, come see me or something like that." I'm a paraphrase of what he tweeted, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this has not been a good deal. You know, I, I think look, sometimes they when it comes to some stuff, I mean, I think some people just do it for clicks. I'm not saying Steve is one of those people, but I think. He is one of those guys that does tend to like not know when to be quiet. So yeah, <laughs> there's, some, there's some cases where you kind of just have to just just be quiet. Yeah, just zip it. <laughs> yeah, I know some people accused him for quote unquote losing it over the last few years, and I don't blame those people for saying it because you know what's the first name you think about when you think about ESPN? Stephen A. Smith. I know he gets paid a whole lot more money over there, and plus he has his own podcast on Odyssey, which I think is mm-hmm. me personally. I think it's very good when he interviews people outside the sports mm-hmm. sports world but uh but when it comes to sports takes that uh, like i said i i respect him for what he's done in the past but you know with this first take thing like i, said, I think he's he's lost it i get he's a character and all that but you know yeah that, that's one of the main reasons why i don't watch that program that's just me yeah oh there are other yeah i think he's that's just one of the reasons why i don't watch it but yeah i mean right. <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean it's like i said i mean look Stephen is one of those guys where I mean, like, I don't know what what's his spiel or what's his stick anymore. I think it's it's kind of old and tired, so I, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just like you know, mm, all right, yeah, let's, yeah. Let's, let's end, yeah, let's end this program on an interesting note. Lakina, of course, the White Sox and the A's will face off uh, in, in at Sox Park on the South Side this weekend. Of course, tonight, Friday, for those of you that are listening back on the replay on our podcast. Tonight will feature a post-game concert. I love the '90s tour, featuring Vanilla Ice, Tone Loke, and and Rob Bass. Of course, Bobby. without DJ Easy Rock, who passed away a few years ago, yeah. man, so rest in peace. But mm-hmm. it's going to uh, headline those uh, those three acts from the world of hip hop. Lakina, we talked about uh, uh, the 50th anniversary of hip hop a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. We won't get into that, but if someone gave you a free ticket to the concert for tonight's game, would you go? Oh boy. Uh, I mean, I, I guess I, I might go. I mean, just cause you know, I, I like, you know, uh, I don't know. I mean, would you, I mean, I think maybe, but, uh, but that, that might be the best, that might be the best part of that. Uh, that's <laughs> of the, uh, A's <laughs> will be that concert. Just saying, I mean, look, these are not like the 80s, 70s, 80s, you know, socks and A's. So, that nice concert might be the best part of this weekend. So that might look that that might that, look that might rate better than the game. The average of the those three games. I know that I know no a lot of people didn't go uh, yesterday uh, last night. I know that uh, that you saw that series against us. Uh, you know the rubber match against Seattle. You know the Sox were able to win that one for I don't know how, but you know you saw a lot a lot of people didn't. Well, it was it was like about hundred degrees, but still, I mean, yeah, it was hot last night. Yeah, it was hot. I was there last night for other reasons, of course. If you're uh, watching on our YouTube, of course, uh, the Oakland A's fans that are in town, they were passing out the sell sell the team T-shirts. So yep. I was given one for free last night, and so they'll be out there this weekend uh, to protest their, of course, uh, to protest their franchise. For you know, unfortunately, it looks like they're going to move to Las Vegas in due yep. time in the next two or three years. And of course, with Jerry Reinsdorf uh, making all the changes he's made so far, of course, more changes with that franchise, as we told you, are coming down the pipeline, but. Uh, as far as that concert is concerned, Lakina, would I go? Obviously, I'm not going tonight. If it was a free ticket, would I go? Maybe. Like I said, I don't hate Vanilla Ice. He had a couple of good hits, but he wouldn't be the reason why I, that I would go. Like I said, those other two exits I mentioned, I would go. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, so the other two guys I probably would go like. I know she didn't vanilla ice, but <laughs> I don't think that that him being a headliner is enough for me to want to have to go with. Right, <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. That's what we're trying to say. No shade, like I said, I actually don't mind villainize, but yeah, it's sort of like, hmm, you know, I don't know, but yeah, I mean, it, it's gonna be interesting to see, you know, how how much of that, like I said, you know, it's about itself, but uh, okay, all right, we'll see what happens, but yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, it'll be interesting if, if you know, a lot, like I said, that'll probably be more sought after than the uh, the other stuff too, so you know, mm-hmm. that might be that might have that might have said that might get more people there than the, the games themselves, so <laughs> we'll see what happens. There now on that note, you can follow me at Kingdom again on the Twitter and at Kingdom Spring again on the IG. You can follow your Shirley Sydney Brown on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D 80. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And subscribe to our podcast at War Media Podcast. That's W A R R Media P O D C A S T S. We are on all podcast platforms, including that iHeartRadio app. And make sure you give War Media a follow on all social media platforms at WARR Media. That's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. All right. So, of course, you can catch Second City Sports every Monday, every Friday, right here on Sports of Chicago on the YouTube uh, channel and also the Facebook page as well. We're trying, mm-hmm. we're trying to get that Facebook page fixed. I don't know why it's, you know, but you can check it out on YouTube. It's probably the best place to go. It's all right mm-hmm. there for you. And also, too, you can catch Sports of Chicago on Roku TV. Absolutely. And of course, you enjoy all the sports. Of course, you got the uh, the physicals with the tour championship at uh, at East Lake, just outside Atlanta. Of course, you know, our, you know, our, our buddy Christine Manica's uh, guy, Victor Hovland, is leading right now as we uh, film, uh, as we uh, record this. So we'll see if we can hang on and win uh, the $10 million annuity. Um, of course, also you have the Lily World Series. They're finishing up. Of course, you got uh, Curacao and Chinese Taipei in the international finally. Of course, you got Elsa going on top California and Neville, Texas. They're going to be vying for a spot on the U.S. side. And of course, the World Lily World Series final will be on Sunday on ABC. You can check that out as well. Also, too, of course, you got of course you got baseball. If you're interested, also to WNBA, uh, they're finishing up their season and uh, all stuff on Premier League. You know all that stuff. So. Uh, yeah, all type of sports coming up this weekend as we get, you know, and also too, if you're if you're interested, you know, the last week of the, uh, the preseason in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> if you're interested, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. With that said, of course, you know, you know, stay cool, stay safe. For us at Island Kansas, but Second City Sports on Sports of Chicago, and we promise we're gonna have you know, our divisional preview starting next week, hopefully. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, check that out too. You know, this is Second City Sports on Sports of Chicago, and we'll see you guys Monday. Of course, we got a biggest coming up right off the bat at 12. Make sure you guys tune in. Go ninja, go ninja, go, 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 go. Oh, <laughs> <Holla. Lord. laughs>